All right, welcome to episode 46 of the At-Bat Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with Miles Porter and Gabe Wilkins. How are we doing today, guys? How are we doing, Miles? Hey, doing good. Doing good. Always, always love doing these. It's been, it's been uh, quite the, quite the season so far. Um, this is great. This is great. It's warm too. So that's always nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And of course you got Gabe over here. You can see, you can see here on the at-bat podcast, but also on open run podcast where things are getting hot. We're just, we were just talking NBA off air. So, you know, Miles or uh, Miles, Gabe, how you doing today, man? I'm doing excellent, man. Like Mal said, you know, the weather's beautiful out. Definitely got to enjoy that while you can, you know, until yep. the upcoming week comes about. But I've been doing good trying to balance, you know, my my sports watching with Major League Baseball and the NBA <laughs> with the playoffs approaching. But I, I've been impressed with what I've seen on the diamond thus far. You know, you got guys like Jordan Walker out here on oh, a 12-game yeah. hitting streak, looking like a pro, you know, in, in his first couple of weeks early. And like nothing's phasing him. So I, I'm excited to see him in St. Louis to see how you know far he can continue to take it and keep it going for a Cardinals team that desperately needs everything he can provide them with and more right now, getting out to a slow start in the central. No, you're right. And, and dude, he's huge. I never even like paid attention to like they like I was watching the game the other day, the Rockies Cardinals, and I was like, this guy's huge in the box. So yeah, no, he's hitting well. Uh, surprisingly, the Cardinals are not playing well, but that's not going to last long in my opinion. So we'll, but we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, baseball's it's been hot in the streets, man. It's been like you know so much to talk about, whether it be the pitch clock, whether it be you know, uh, oh, comebacks, injuries, uh, extensions, uh, especially here in Chicago. So we'll we'll get into it. Uh, on the north side of Chicago, you know, the Cubs six and five. Uh, they're coming off a, a series win against the Mariners, a series win against the Rangers. So all is well for now. Uh, but of course, you know, uh, they had that historic comeback against the Mariners this week. Those are just a couple highlights. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski, unfortunately, that was a low light because he hasn't been pitching well. And we'll, well I kind of want to ask Miles a little bit about that too in a minute. But uh, Dan, or, uh, Marcus Stroman has been pitching well all season despite the loss. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday. And he took a loss, uh, but, you know, no run support. That's not going to help either. So um, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about Ian Happ's extension as well. And the guys like, you know, uh, Dansby Swanson left the game uh, on, on Tuesday, uh, didn't play on Wednesday. And then Seiya Suzuki should be coming back this weekend. So, Miles, what uh, out of all those things, what is one thing that stood out over the last week for the Cubs in, in your perspective? And even from last week, since obviously you didn't get to say your piece. Yeah, no, I, I really liked how this group is starting to come together. It, it does kind of feel like a continuation of last year's momentum, second half momentum, and kind of just building off of that as well. So it's been really cool to see. Uh, Dansby's off to a great start. Marcus Stroman has been pitching great. Um, even though he didn't have a lot of run support today, he's just pitching with a lot of confidence. I think that's incredible. Uh, Trey Mancini has been very productive. Patrick Wisdom has been very confident at the plate for the most part, hitting well. Uh, up to this point so it's a lot of good things to take away um you know it, it's still the beginning of the, of the season so one of my big things that I always try to tell people is like you know it, it, it is great to get off to a good start but at the same time this this season is a marathon and not a sprint it's a very long season um it's got to take it one one day at a time it, it, it does feel good to to look into this right now and, and feel good about this especially last night amazing weather and 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 a hell of a comeback. Um, all great things, all great things to, to, to take away from and feel good about as a Cubs fan. Um, but also, uh, you know, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. There's going to be times this, during this year where we're going to feel great. There's going to be times this year where we're going to we're going to be pissed off at, at every player. So, you know, you know, I, I never try to look too deep into the into April because everyone's still, try, you know, kind of getting their feet wet. But um, for the most part, I'm very impressed with this team offensively. Um, if you look at a lot of the batting averages across the board, uh, a lot of guys are hitting very well right now. And maybe the new rules have something to do with that, but we'll take it too. It would, you know, it hits a hit at the end of the day. So I'm happy. I'm very happy with what I'm seeing. And, you know, just I look forward to where this team is going to be by the half and, and when, what we're going to do to – build off of momentum or what do we still need to do in order to compete next year? And I'm very happy that Ian Happ has been extended three years because listen, man, we, why, why wouldn't we, you know? So good news all around. Um, feeling good. Feeling good about the boys right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's many good, th like a bunch of things that have been happening on the North side that have been positive. 
you know, with the wins and, and, you know, Dansby Swanson off to a great start. He's continuing to do that. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he's, you know, hopefully he's all right. I know they said it was just, uh, yeah. uh, they think it's cramping. So he's, he should be back for this weekend, hopefully. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of good stuff and, and just seeing like the, you know, like that comeback when, I mean, I, hey, you know how you're saying, like, we're going to be hey, pissed. Those lights after... at Wrigley are beautiful. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. Oh my God. They got God. the W in there. They got the W in there. Yeah. Oh my God. That's fi- okay, finally. I... Rick, you made a good person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good they're like, they're, hey, that's why they're like, good hey, job. look, we, we they're, they're like, oh, they found out about the lights. All right. Now we got to pay half. That's what they said. Probably they're like, oh. <laughs> they're like, oh crap. Now we got to, oh, we got to pay up. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Oh, yeah it's pretty cool man it, it, it's it's been a it's it's been a minute since i think the yankees started doing that and now like the whole league's been following suit so that's pretty yeah. cool that they did that but uh gay okay, i want to get your take just anything that you've heard from you know in general from the from the cubs world that that has stood out to you from the last week whether you know whether it be you know marcus stroman you know pitching well or hayden wasneski you know just a little, what, what what's your take so far from the last week well i actually took some time following the White Sox win on Monday afternoon when I had some downtime on Monday evening to catch, you know, the back nine of the game that went down between them and Seattle in the series opener. And it looks like David Ross is really doing a good job of instilling a level of culture and continuity. And then you add that with the influx of veterans who have been there, done that, such as Bellinger, Mancini, even though some of those guys have had their moments where they look bad at the plate, you see Bellinger coming through big time with a with a dinger of his own in a, in a game that was recent, you know, where they won and whatnot. I, I, I like what I'm seeing from them. They showing a lot of fight. And that's something you want to see from a young team who, even though we don't, I don't know what direction they're still trying to go, it looks like they're on the up and up and they're competing. And it's a lot of games that, you can make an argument that they really shouldn't be winning, mm-hmm. but they find a way to win them. And that that's a positive in April. And you would take those wins any way you could get them, especially early in the season. I know, like Miles said, it's definitely a marathon and with, with a 162-game season and not a sprint. But I, I've really been impressed with what I've seen. And even though Swanson missed action on Wednesday due to cramping up and whatnot, muscle tightness, he seems like he'll be fine and good to go. He's also been dealing with some things on a personal front as well, you know, such mm-hmm. as his wife getting hurt when she yeah. thought she was going to be a part of the USA soccer team for the World Cup. So I think once, he, you know, he's able to get right and, and help her with that, I'm pretty sure he'd be back out there by the end of this weekend for sure. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm man, and 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 she's a beast too. Mallory Pugh's Mallory Pugh's Mallory Swanson now, right? She's a beast. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, you know, and, and the US is stacked. So uh, fortunately, they got they got some depth, but they could have used her, man. And it's uh, unfortunate that and that end. But yeah, even he said that, that you know it was a long day for him on on uh, I believe he said on Tuesday he he was up since four a.m. At, at the hospital uh, for the, her surgery and all that. So they, you know they were saying that maybe that had something to do. He had you know he had a long day. So. Uh, but yeah, hopefully he gets out there this weekend. It, it, what's also unfortunate is that man with Swanson, he's the type of guy who wants to play 162 every year. So like he, he played 162 last year. So you know it's unfortunate with this cramping he, that he wasn't able to play on Wednesday. So he's not going to hit that this year. Uh, but anyways, in in general, those on, on on some of the positives, you know that that comeback on 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 uh, on Tuesday was amazing. And and Miles, as you were saying that, you know we're yeah. We're, we're, we're going to be pissed sometimes or whatever. You know, that, that was a moment where I was like, here we go. We're going to get blown out. Game's over, you know. But, you know, they were able to come. Man, Nelson Velasquez, bro, that guy has got pop. That, that guy, I feel like oh he's not talked God. about enough. He played in the WBC with the, the DR, hit a couple bombs in the WBC. And, you know, yeah. he held his own with some of the, with that stacked lineup that unfortunately didn't go anywhere. But they were able to, you know, he was able to show off. But yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's it's it, what did you see from that comeback, Miles, that like really stood out to you? Besides, like, I mean, everybody says, even Jed, it's funny because Jed Hoyer had said before, I believe it was before the game or earlier this week, that it's you know comeback victories say a lot about a team, especially like special teams, right? When they win, when they win, not saying this team's gonna win the World Series, but a, a team that plays into October, there's something about comeback wins that stand out to you. What what stood out to you in that in that comeback victory on Tuesday? Yeah, there's so there's so much about last night that reminded me a lot of that 2016 team mm-hmm. just in terms of being patient, letting the game come to them. Now at the same time, as I'm watching that, see that uh, those Seattle pitchers on the mound, they're leaving everything over the plate. 
And then they're getting a little bit uncomfortable. Then they start walking, guys. Um, Really, it's what Gabe was saying. This is a smart team. You got veterans on this team who who are talking to the young guys, letting them know how to go about their their at-bats. You know, I I think the Cubs took took advantage of, I think, of of a Mariners ball club that I think was a little bit taken back at the early leap they jumped out on. Um, and, and, and the Cubs hitters just stayed ready also with the, with, with the beautiful weather and, and, and a beautiful night game at Wrigley Field. Nothing, nothing beats that. So I think, I think, I just think that the, the Cubs hitters were very ready. Um, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't miss a lot of the mistakes that those pitches were making. So I think that's one of the important things that I took away from last night. Even when they took the lead, they continued to build off of that throughout the rest of the game. Um, you know, last night was just a hitter's, it was a hitter's night. Uh, the Cubs took advantage of that. So, great job, great job on both ends. And you know, really, you can't even. You, you, I there was a lot of uh, pitches being left over the plate, but at the same time, I think last night was just the night for the hitters, and that happened at Wrigley Field. And today was the complete opposite. So, <laughs> go know, figure. You know, <laughs> yeah, you just got to you just got to play you just got to play to Wrigley, and same thing with other ball clubs in the MLB. So. A lot, a lot that I liked last night. It really reminded me of like a like a cool like 2016 ball club uh, kind of feel. Just that momentum that they're playing with was just incredible. And yeah, no, and then you know, just uh, from other things that I paid attention to this week that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and and uh, Gabe, have you seen Hayden Wisniewski pitch by any chance yet this season or no? I haven't, but I've no, heard okay. some, some stories about you know he's been kind of up and down and yeah, he hasn't yeah, really yeah. been looking good compared to what he showed near the tail end of the 2022 season yeah yeah no it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's uh yeah it is a disappointing start to the season so far but he's young so i'm not like too overly worried but you know at least the velocity is there and, and he's just kind of missing his spots but miles what wh- what do you see from your end like what what's is it just the location is it just the his pitch selection what what is going on right now with with Wisniewski? i think i think it's a lot of location i think his stuff is very nasty a lot of his yeah. stuff has a lot of has a lot of movement. I think right now, kind of going into his second year and being, uh, you know, already having a rotation role. I think I think there's certain aspects of it that kind of. It's, I think it's kind of a sophomore slump at the moment. And mm-hmm. like I said, at the beginning of this uh, this episode, you know, it, it's hard it's hard for me to look at Hayden Wisniewski right now and think to myself, "Oh no, here we go." Mm-hmm. Easily, he could turn this around. He could turn this around in May, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, being comfortable up there on the mound and, and knowing how to utilize his breaking pitches. We know he has velocity; that's not an issue. But I really want him to use his, utilize the slider more. Uh, you know, kind of break out of the zone a little bit. You know, I think I think that's one of the things with 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 what I've seen from Wisniewski is that he's been a little bit predictable on the mound. When he misses, he misses bad. Yeah, and I've noticed with him too is that when he's on and he's nasty, he's challenging guys, and he's throwing like yeah. you know the breaking ball in there, like mm-hmm. it, it, and it looks like a cookie, but to the hitter, it doesn't look like a cookie. So yeah, so you yeah. know, hopefully he gets hopefully gets going uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where young season, young pitcher, not necessarily worried about that. But uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the big news now that everyone's talking about is that on on Wednesday, Ian Happ signed a extension of three years. 61 million dollars and you know it's the contract starts in 2024 um so yeah i want to get you your guys's take on what that means and hey look you know finally this year cubs are extending their guys now you know and and miles i know you got something i know i know miles got something to say about this but uh i will say with the type of player uh that ian happ is the versatility that he brings uh the switch hitting uh, the the gold glove, the accolades, you know, he's now an all-star uh, because I kept seeing some people saying, oh, it's too much money for this guy, blah, 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 this and that or whatever. But it's like, you know, he's he's already established himself. He's, he's been an all-star. And like I said, he's got the, the he's got the hardware to, to show, obviously that's going to count for some money there. Right. So yeah. uh, just same goes for like Bellinger. Right. I think if he didn't win the MVP or he wasn't an all star and all that, then he wouldn't have gotten 18 mil this year. Right. It's like money talk. So uh, kind of get what, what your opinion, Miles. What did you think off the bat when you see this and, you know, what this means for the future of the Cubs? It took them long enough to finally realize that if they have a good player, just uh, keep them around. I don't you know, I, I understand that the. The ideas of, of of building of building up uh you know a farm system okay 
all right, we're good. We're good, Jed. Thank you. We're, we're okay. Like, stop. You know what I mean? We have to keep <laughs> some of these guys who are performing well for us and, and, and make them feel like it's worth keeping them. I don't know what the hell has been going on in certain, in certain scenarios, but the fact that it finally took them till this year to realize, let's keep, let's keep Hap around. Thank you. That's a guy you want to keep around, especially if this this team is on an upwards trend like they were last year in the second half. If it's working, don't dismantle it if you don't have to. So I'm really happy that Ian's sticking around. I think I think the contract is fine. I think that what is it, 61 million for three years? Mm-hmm. I think I think that is that is fair. I think that's totally fine. I think most importantly, he's staying a Cub for another three years, and I think that can bring Cubs fans a lot of a lot of hope for the future because it has been a little bit rough for, for the North Siders seeing a lot of familiar faces go, um, but not just go, but kind of going and, and it feels unfair that they're, that they're gone. So it feels good to finally see a player that we, that we've had for some time now and uh, kind of get the treatment that he deserves to stick around. So that feels really good. Um, I just hope that they take note going forward that, you know, I still do not believe that Wilson Contreras should be on the Cardinals. I still don't believe it. Doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Tucker Barnhart, Jan Gomes, God bless you. Incredible behind the plate. I think they're very good with those pitchers, but at the same time, that's another player that we could have kept around. I think if you keep Wilson Contreras on this ball club right here, Saul, are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> Wilson behind the dish, you got Danby and Short Nico. Oh my gosh. Didn't happen though. That's okay. <laughs> well, what, you, what, what are you talking about? Tucker Barnhart, you know, he's, he's a gold glover. <laughs> Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I just no. all, I'm, all I'm saying is that I just... no, it's hey, no, I got you. No, I, you, you're right. I mean, look, I, look. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. I use the cups and I will be the show, you know, because I don't like using like like it's one because I my my buddy's always giving me shit. Like I'll be like, oh, I use this team or that team. And like, bro, why don't you use a good team? And look with the Cubs, I like it because you know when I beat teams, like I'm I'm an underdog. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels a little better when I win. You I know? got and the show this... pause right now. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, there you go. Yeah, see, so I I like using underdogs, you know. So so yeah. that's why. And and but but I, but I gotta tell you, when Tucker Barnhart's up there and like Eric Hosmer and like and and you know, Gabe already knows I was I've been talking, I've been hating too much on Hosmer. He had a good week in the last week, so I'll give him credit. Credit is due there. Uh, He's amazing defensively <laughs> as well. Yeah, hey, oh, yeah. that's true. That pick that mm-hmm. he had, that like little like smooth. Oh, that was smooth yeah, as butter. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. good. Uh, but Gabe, I want to get your take. So. Obviously, you know, we've been talking about how good this is, you know, for the Cubs and what this means for the future. And, you know, Ian Happ as well, not only is he a good player in general, but he's also a great marketing asset, to be honest, right? Because he's with John Boy. He's got a podcast going. He's got all this whole thing going. So he's got a lot of uh, sponsorships there and all that. But, Gabe, from the other side of town, what do you think of Ian Happ in general and what this means for the Cubs? I think it means a lot to your fan base anytime Mm -hmm. you can retain a player who is a homegrown talent. Think about the the homegrown talent that you guys have given up, not just over the last couple of years with Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, and, you know, let Wilson Contreras walk to the arch rival. You have a guy that you retained, and Ian Happ, who can play multiple positions on the field, has a solid bat. And it's a reasonable contract. You know, three years, 61 million, that ain't breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a real good thing to see if you're a Cubs fan, especially when you already have a solid farm system. And oh, by the way, not to remind you as a White Sox fan, you happen to trade your top two prospects away in the middle of your championship window in Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez. And as a result, you got Jose Quintana. And that didn't really work out well for you, especially when you look at what Dylan Cease has been able to do on the South side as of late. So anytime, like I said, you could, you could retain a homegrown talent when you've lost so much over the years, even in spite of your influx of young talented pieces that are coming up in the system, that's a win. And they need, they needed it. He's a guy that provides them with versatility in the lineup. He has a great bat professional I, I don't see what, what what's wrong with this move like I said they didn't have to break the bank for him it's not an over-the-top deal it's just enough and I think it will make Cubs fans happy especially when you look at the state of their franchise and where they're currently at right now as they seek to move up 
with David Ross. Yeah, no, 100%. You're right. And, and the thing is, it with Ian, with the Ian Hat move, uh, you almost it, it's a little it's a little it's a bigger step also as well to saying, hey, we're trying to win here, you know, because a lot of people get confused, right? And where where the where the Cubs are at, what they're trying to do, right? And it gives a little more a, a little bit more of like a, a a peak of what they're trying to do and try to build a winner. So, you know, they still got a long way to go, that's for sure. But that's another uh, step in the right direction. And uh, you know, hopefully we get guys like Seiya Suzuki back. Uh, to kind of you know continue uh, this positive momentum because uh, this weekend they, you know they got uh, they got a big week coming up they got to face the the Dodgers for four in L A and they got to play Oakland you know they got to play the A's in Oakland so I mean it, in in the, they're not a great team but when you go over there especially from being from the Midwest you know I'm sure and Gabe I know I always hear from my friends that are Sox fans uh, they, they they don't love to go to Oakland uh, not only because it's not visually uh, appealing. Um, but also just because sometimes West Coast games, I mean, I know when it comes to like the Giants, Cubs always go to San Francisco to lose a series, you know? So, uh, it's just, it's just, I think it's just the way it is, but, uh, yeah, so they got that, they got that coming up. Uh, like I said, they're six and five, so hopefully they can keep something, you know, something positive going into this week. Uh, but we'll shift over to the White Sox now who come in, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. They're five and eight. They had, they lost a couple series. They lost one of the Pirates and they lost one of the Twins. Now, and we, and we talked about it too, Gabe. Remember last week, I was like, man, just watch like the Pirates, these dudes go off. And yeah, Brian Reynolds went, was doing work. Uh, you know, they had Johan Oviedo uh, going off too uh, in, that, in that finale. So, uh, but what I do want to get uh, talking to uh, before we get into some other stuff, and Gabe really wanted to be, uh, really uh, have been wanting to hear your opinion on this, but that play with O'Neill Cruz uh, that everybody's been talking about, that he slid in the home plate. I don't, I, I've watched that like, maybe like 30 times already when they, they put it right. And I still don't know what he was trying to do. Like, it makes no sense. The scenario, uh, the score of the game. Uh, it's not like it was like the ninth inning and he was doing this. Like, it makes no sense to me, but I want you to like walk me through that whole, that play in the sense of like what you were thinking as that was like unfolding. I just was trying to figure out what was O'Neill Cruz thinking with what you, I guess you would call a slide, but it looked more like a tuck and roll. Mm -hmm. And it was a dangerous play. And it's unfortunate that he got hurt. Mm -hmm. He's going to miss the next four months due to fracturing his ankle on that slide to the plate. He could have easily hurt Sebi Zavala. Mm -hmm. He could have easily hurt him. And I think Sebi was basically just trying to direct a message to him like I sort of questioned him like, well, what are you doing sliding the plate like that? And I think he was trying to relay a message as well to Laz Diaz to watch that because we've seen guys, especially catchers, lose seasons mm -hmm. due to collisions at the plate. One being Buster Posey one year following their World Series run in 2010 with the Giants. So I, I just, I didn't understand it. I, I didn't understand. I, I don't want to call it Bush League. I don't think it was his intent to hurt him. But it riled up some guys unnecessarily. And as a result, I mean, hell, Joe Kelly now is on the 15-day IL because he's strained his growing. Just trying to go out there and defend teammates. So it, it, it's bad on, on, on both fronts, if you ask me. But I think Sebi and Michael Kopech tried to handle it as best as they possibly could. Yeah, Kopech was trying to – he was trying to find somebody. Yeah, at one point when the bench is cleared, I, I saw him and I was like, man, somebody's really trying to go up against Kopech. All right, whatever, see what happens. But, yeah, uh, trust me, as much – you know, you could ask me and Miles about uh, uh, benches clearing with the Pirates. We know plenty of, you know, those Sean Rodriguez days. No relation. I got to let that – I got to <laughs> let that – you know, got to let you know right off the bat, no relation there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that, that it's just – that was crazy. Miles, you see the play up with O'Neill Cruz. What did you think about that? And, like, it's just – yeah, it's baffling to me what was happening there. And, yeah, it's, it is unfortunate, too. I will say that. As much as, like, I don't know what he was doing there, it does suck that he is going to be out now because he's one of those those guys that you love to watch, one of the main reasons to watch the Pirates, and now he's going to be out for a while. But, yeah, what did you think about the situation? Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate for a very young, talented, strong, strong beast of a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, we've all seen the highlights. We've all seen him whip one across the infield. We've seen him one-handed out of PNC Park. It's unfortunate. Um, 
you know, it's interesting with, with the MLB and I think with a lot of professionals, there's a lot of fundamentals that are gone over in spring training. There's a lot of, you, you, you see the sliding drills sometimes that they do. You see like a lot of these teams are going over the fundamentals. And one of the things that we're taught is to make up your mind as to how you're going to slide. It seemed like it was like this weird, he didn't know if he can just kind of coast in there. And then he, do I, do I just slide feet for like, you know, it seemed like there was an unsureness there, but he just, he, the decision was way too late. You got to know 100%, even sometimes before you even round third, am I going to go head first or am I going to go feet first? You have to know that way before ahead of time. And, and you know there, there there's injury, but also that that impacts the play. You got to know how you're gonna get how you're gonna try try to get in there. So it's really unfortunate for him. Um, I understand uh, Sebi's frustration. I'm I'm sure that was kind of like a what the f to him. Um, I don't think there was any intent there with Cruz. I just think that it was it was kind of it was not foolish, but it was the wrong way to try to slide into mm-hmm. into home. Um, for many different reasons, injuring the catcher, just trying to get your not a good idea. I think he should have gone head first in there, or if he didn't know how to make your mind, I don't know, maybe try to get in the rundown. That's not the way. That's not the way to do it. So I think that there is a lot to take away from from this. I mean, it's unfortunate that you know you got Joe Kelly injured now, and but I I really like the dog in this White Sox team. Um, so you know. They just got. They just got to keep playing. These 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 things happen. These things happen. It's unfortunate, but hopefully, O'Neill Cruz, who's very young, hopefully he learns from this going forward. Because um, the big the game of baseball is way better with players like him uh, playing. You know. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, that, yeah, that guy's a beast, and and uh, yeah. hopefully he recovers fast. But yeah, lesson learned, I'm sure, uh, after that happening. Um, but uh, kind of moving on now to the the their next series was against the Twins. It was their first look at the Twins. And uh, Gabe, what did you think about that series? I mean, obviously the Sox were weren't able to come out with the series win. They obviously things could have gone a different way. Obviously that it was the second game, right, where uh, Robert hit that game tying home run in the ninth, and then you know the uh, Michael A. Taylor had that uh, that bunt in the tenth that was uh, thrown away. The the you know who who was on the mound for Hans that one? Out. Oh, okay. on the on the mound was Jesse Schultz. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Was the oh, one Michael, that okay. misfielded the ball at third. Yeah. And- overthrew and it ended up hitting Taylor's helmet and it ricocheted, yeah. you know, in around foul territory. And um Castro was already going in the third. He just mm-hmm. cruised in the home. I mean, it, yeah. that, that that was the game that got away. That mm-hmm. was the game that got away. And in my opinion, it was a momentum killer. You know, here the White Sox had a chance to steal a game, a game in which Lance Lynn left a couple of pitches up a little bit. And, got cooked for it as a result. You know, granted, he threw a nice curveball to Byron Bucks, and he just reached out real low and put some muscle on it and, and, and took a yard. It just was unfortunate that a man was on base to tie the game, a game in which, you know, the White Sox attacked Pablo Lopez early and scored two runs, but ended up tying it up. And then before you know it, it's a 3-2 game just off of two home runs. But I, I was impressed with the way that Lance Lynn pitched in that game moving forward and found his rhythm, which is a positive sign. And I was also impressed with Luis Robert for being able to muscle a, a pitch out on Duran, a Duran who's one of the best pitchers and uh, relievers in baseball. You know, we know he has a splitter that could go anywhere between 101 to 103, you know, and then that fastball is electric. So I don't know what he was thinking to throw an all-speed pitch to a, a guy like Luis and leaving it up, might I add, which he did. And Luis was just able to muscle it out the park and give him a chance. But, man, that that, that that loss really hurt. And I think today, you know, to get a performance the way that you did out of Giolito, only for it to be taken away or whatever or ending in a loss due to the inability of Gavin, Shield, uh, Gavin Sheets, rather, you know, to, to field his position. And... I'm not trying to panic over the White Sox, but the White Sox haven't won a series yet in the month Mm -hmm. of April. And the Mm -hmm. road's getting tougher. You Mm -hmm. know, you got the Orioles coming up for three at home. You have the Phillies coming up for three in your own building. And that's a team that struggled. 
And you know they're going to be seeking to do all they can to get back atop of the NL East, an ever-tough NL East. And then, mind you, you got the Rays on the road, and you got the Jays as well. And then you got to play three more games with the Rays to close out the month at home. So, man, they, they, they got to get it together quick. I, I think talent-wise, they have all the potential, as we know, but with Tim Anderson out for the next couple of weeks. Yon Moncada status being in the air for this weekend, whether or not he's going to be able to play with his back injury. Eloy Jimenez being set to return, you know, but we he's been out for the last week or week and a half. So, man, like, they, they're going to have to get it together quick. And fortunately, yes, they play in the AL Central. It's not the most dominant division. But um, this team has to find a way to get on the same page. One day it's the offense. The next day it's the defense. The next day, it's the pitching. Pitching showed up. The defense in this series did not. If I'm not mistaken, they had four errors in three games. That's not going to cut it, especially in games that are coming down or decided by one run or less. These are the games that they're going to have to learn how to win if they want to take that next step mm. atop of the American League. Yeah, and, and not only that, but, man, Gabe, I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys do it, too, with the injuries. I mean, it's like every day there's something, and it's like – it's just, you know, whether it be Eloy or whether it be Tim Anderson, who's now out too as well. Uh, it's just it, it's so frustrating. And because it's, you want to see the team all play at the same time, you want to see them play together. And it's just like injury after injury. Inge it's it's just, it's it's crazy to me. But um, either way, Miles, what, what, what have you seen or what have you, you know, heard from the White Sox in the last week that, that has stood out to you? What is something that you want to see them do? Because I know, you know, like like Gabe said, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, yeah. Just like I think, I feel like a lot of people's schedules, a lot of teams' schedules uh, are pretty tough in April. But I think I think it's just a a product of, of the new schedule. But what what have you seen uh, from the from the Sox so far? Yeah, you know, hopefully this ball club is able to, to come together, uh, and I mean that just in terms of health, staying healthy throughout the mm -hmm. year. Um, I'm really rooting for this team. I think I think you know it was a great move in getting Pedro Grafal. Um, you know, I, I do I, – there are things that I really do like about what this team is doing right now. Uh, Luis Robert is absolutely tearing it up at the moment. Yes, he is. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's little things like that that I'm like, great, you know. And, 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 and defensively, you look at this team and you would expect them to be very, very sharp, one of the sharper teams in the league. So I'm curious as to where that um, – we're, we're kind of that, uh, you know, where that's coming from in terms of – not making plays in certain moments. Um, but offensively, I think this team is 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 uh, much better than what they've been showing, much better than what they've been showing. So and I still think that there's little hints here and there. And, you know, Luis Robert being being a, a one-off, in my opinion. Um, yeah, this is a White Sox team that has to stay healthy. They, 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 they got to stay healthy. And, um, you know, I think it's very powerful news. And Liam Hendricks being able to come back soon, I think that is absolutely in, in, incredible. Uh for me, that touches that touches my heart with my mother being a breast cancer survivor twice, and you know I just I just want to see this team do good. But I think the main thing about it is to stay healthy um, and just do your best to dominate a division that is kind of up for grabs, though. Oh yeah, for sure. And to add to your point, Miles, the offense for the most part has been solid. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, prior to them getting shut out against the Pirates in the, the series finale won to nothing. They scored 33 runs mm. over four games. The problem was is that your pitchers were giving up home runs left and right. Like, yeah. it's it's bad when you have a series opener against Rich Hill. You tee off for seven runs against him. You score nine on a day, but you lose 13 to nine. That just can't happen. Because Lucas Giolito's not right? on his A game. Mm -hmm. And your bullpen, mm -hmm. Deepman, guys being up and down inconsistent. This team has to find a way to get on the same page. And then yeah. when your pitching is up to par, such as it was in the series finale with Michael Kopech, who bounced back very well, might I add, following his opening day debacle against the Giants, where he was tipping pitches, you, you can't get runners in – when you got them on score in score position. And, and that's very important, man. And, and, and this team just got to find a way to get it on the same page. I understand yeah. guys are hurt, but you got to have a next man up mentality. 
I question hmm. the depth of this team on a lot of levels, but at the same time, with hopefully Eloy and Yoan coming back this weekend against Baltimore, they're able to send a message because yeah. you can't be getting out slug in your own building. And for at some point, the power's got to come, but I've been impressed with Luis Robert. And Luis Robert hmm. right now, in my opinion, is looking like an MVP candidate. The only question is whether or not he could get some support from the likes of guys like Ben Intendi, Elvis Andrews, and yeah. even guys like Hanzo Alberto, if he's going to be in the lineup for the foreseeable future going forward. Yeah, and then Lee yeah. Roberts, he's hitting exactly like you expect him to when he's healthy. You know, he, he's doing it all, defensively, offensively, and this type of player he can be. And, and you, yeah, you just hope he can stay healthy and get the protection as well from all around. And, yeah, and it's like you, you see guys – you see, you see how they play when guys like Yohan Moncada is, you know, out there and being healthy and playing well. It has a huge impact. And obviously, not only that, too, but, you know, the obvious, same thing with the impact that Tim Anderson has when he's on the field. Like, he's basically the captain of the team, right? So, it's like you want him out there so hopefully he can get a speedy recovery uh, as well there. But, yeah, uh, yeah, and as you said, Gabe, looking ahead, you know, they got Baltimore uh, with – and that's not – not not uh, your your average Baltimore team out there. We got Adley Rutschman out there and Gunnar Henderson now, and they got young dudes that are you know that are balling, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how they play match up against them. And Philly, as you said, disappointing start, but they they can match with anybody with Schwar you know with Schwarber. And then uh, uh, before uh, we came on, Miles also said you know Bryce Harper's getting ready to come back and play first base. I mean that dude's an alien. That like that's crazy to me. And so yeah, so it's it's going to be. Uh, a wild ride in April, but I think April, as I said, I said about the Cubs uh, last time that you're going to, you're going to kind of see what kind of, you're going to learn what team they are after April. You know, same thing can be said about the White Sox, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but it's going to be very, very uh, uh, fascinating to see what happens there. And one more thing we had a, before we wrap up, one, there's a couple of things I did wanted to touch on. Uh, and that's, you know, Tampa Bay Rays, man, they won again this, they're going to, they won again today. Uh, so they're 12 and 0. Uh, but a lot of people have been, I want to give you guys his opinion because a lot of people have been saying, you know, Hey, they're not playing, you know, uh, teams winning records and have, uh, uh, playing talented teams, but what's your take? Boy. I mean, I think the way I see it, it's hard to be 12 and no, that's all right. So you got to give them credit where credit's due at this point, but miles, what do you, what do you, what do you think overall about the Tampa Bay Rays right now? <laughs> There's something in that, in that, uh, that water that they're drinking because this team, <laughs> they just, they just find a way to just, just <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's no one should take anything away from this ball club. I think that they are so mm -hmm. fun to watch. Randy Rosarena, that is one of my favorite celebrations that I have ever seen. The fact that this man, <laughs> the fact that he catches a ball in the outfield and then he'll just pose and do it. And that's like the win. So that's <laughs> awesome. This is so Dude. cool for baseball. And I think that should, this is just like a, such a cool, uh, just, just ride that they're having and we just started the season they're like yeah mm -hmm. um we won't lose <laughs> they're just like yeah we, the, yo, yeah the yankees yeah whatever the orioles yeah, yeah we won't lose <laughs> we'll, we'll just start like that and then we'll just kind of set the tone that's awesome that is awesome i love i love how that story kind of develops the the al east and 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 you know how, how are the yankees are gonna it's just I think is I think is awesome, and this team is very very fun uh, to watch. Uh, I also like it because I think Wander Franco also gets a little bit more uh, credit as well. Um, it's a great. It's this is awesome. This is this is great. I I still, you know, as much as I want to say, I hope they get a new stadium. They continue to play well. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, but. The, the, this this race team is so awesome. Uh, so I, I I'm I'm curious to see how much they ride this out and how many parlays people got on that. So watch that for those <laughs> who are watching. Be careful out there. Yeah, no, and and, and look, you, you mentioned uh, Wander Franco. Dude, that dude is killing yeah. it right now. And Gabe yeah. mentioned MVP candidates. There's another dude too right now that's playing like MVP candidate, Wander Franco. And yeah. it's good to see because you know it, obviously his season cut short last year because of an injury. Uh, you know you want you want to see him play a full season. You know now yeah. because. That changes the whole, you know, dynamic with the Rays. And you know, uh, a Rosarena brought what he was doing in the WBC over to, you know, to to, to the season. Same with Paredes, who, who was also on Team Mexico. So you know, they're, they're you know they're doing work from all angles, and not only that, yeah. but the pitching as well. And also, I was thinking too, 
they like go they like guy sorry excuse me they let uh guys go like you know like Yarborough and stuff like that but it did it has not affected them not, not that Yarborough was their ace or anything but because they got you know McClanahan they got Springs uh doing work but they've been able to get contributions from everywhere but Gabe what's your take on the Rays right now is this something that can you know they could keep you know you think is going to keep going or is it something where they going to cool down sooner rather than later well I mean I think. I don't think it takes a, a a betting man to know that they won't finish the season 162. <laughs> but but at the same time, I, I I've been impressed with what I've seen from them. But I it's to be expected, especially when you come off the year in which they came off of when they had so many chances to take advantage in that wild card series against Cleveland, and just couldn't cash in on runners in scoring position, and and they need every win, because remind you they playing in the AL East. And they only, in spite of their 12-0 start, they're only four games up on the Yankees and only (laughs) four and a half games up on the Blue Jays, who will be on their heels from start to finish. So they literally literally they need every they need every single win. And I I I do know that their schedule has kind of been lackluster, but you can only play the teams that you line up in front of each and every day. And they've done that and they and they've Mm -hmm. done excellent. And I'm excited to see how they can build off of this. You know, Tampa Bay has always had some damn good teams. They have a a great front office that scouts well, and they draft well, and that's how they're able to make these runs. But the thing that I'm more interested to see going forward with Tampa Bay is can they finally find a way to seal the deal? You know, this is a team that got to the World Series a few years ago, had a chance to win the World Series. But due to some decisions, personnel-wise, made here and there, that I think a lot of us know, especially involving a former Ray and Blake Snell, you know, they fell short against the Dodgers. So I, I'm just more eager to see how far they could take it, especially when you consider that they've been in the World Series, winning the last three years. They won the American League East Division in that time span a couple of times as well. I, I want to see if they could build off of this and make a deep playoff run that culminates in a championship for a franchise that desperately needs it. I've also been impressed with Diaz too. Prior to yeah. him going down with injury, he mm-hmm. he uh, the third baseman. He was really mm-hmm. raking for them and had some big time hits for them in games as well. So from top to bottom, they've been a, a well oiled machine thus far, and they're not showing any signs of slowing down. But the finish undefeated? Nah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> what well, one sixty one and one? Maybe. Hey, if they could do that, <laughs> man, more power to them. <laughs> No, yeah, no. One and one. <laughs> and, and, and Gabe, you, you're right about the with the Jays are, and they're and you know what's funny is that uh their next series is against the Jays. So it's gonna be like the first big test of the season uh to see them, you know, take on the, the Jays and, and kind of uh silence some haters, you know, because if they are able to go in there and, and help help keep it going, you know, who knows how long this is gonna go. Uh, but that's gonna say a lot. So yeah, it's gonna they're fun to watch. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to talk about, though, with you guys is uh, something that broke today, too, as well, is that Salt Lake City is in the running now for uh, for one of the teams that, you know, for expansion. And, and that Manfred has said that they do want 32 teams. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. And the reason why I think this is so uh, was such a, a fascinating thing to talk about was because, um, you know, me and Gabe had mentioned off air with Salt Lake City and how it wasn't a big hit in the uh, in the uh, NBA All-Star game the festivities and actually i did see a couple of things actually gave too that and, and I'll, I'll let you speak in a sec but i did see um that somebody said that the reason why they want to because i was like salt lake city what like worry about vegas first or even nashville at that point right but apparently uh salt lake city is a, is I, I believe it said it's as big or bigger of a tv market uh than san diego kansas city and milwaukee um, which, I, which to be honest, I, I swear I did not know that. That's wild. So I guess it, it kind of speaks a little bit more to why they want it there. Um, but yeah, anyways, what did what, Gabe? What did you think? I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about Salt Lake City? And then also the other teams that are still vying for it, because I mean, I know Portland's still vying for it, Nashville's still vying for it. Uh, and apparently, I think also something else I heard out. I, I you know I can't confirm this. Like I don't I forgot where I heard it, but they said. They're waiting and they're waiting to see what Tampa Bay does and Oakland do as well to do the rest of the expansions. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I wonder what that means, but we'll see. But Gabe, what did you think so far when you heard about the Salt Lake City? 
I can't say that I'm fully surprised by it, especially when I see who's involved. Mm-hmm. And that's the widow of Larry Miller, Gail Miller, who whose husband and their family owned the Jazz for many years in the NBA, fought to keep the Jazz in Salt Lake City for over the last four plus decades, which they've done. And they turned that over to Ryan Smith, who's now the owner of that organization as we speak. But I, I, I don't I can't knock it necessarily. Like you said, it, it is a, a, a good media market. And I, I've been well aware of that. They and, and they are trying to expand baseball in the West Coast. As you say, other markets such as Portland is, is inquired about it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a baseball team in Portland, to be honest with you. I mean, Nike's headquartered there. The Trailblazers have had great success there. It's an upstart area, city that's booming economically. But it, it, it's, it's odd to me. Now, when you bring up Oakland and Tampa Bay, I know why you're doing that. Because I think most people know that at some point, sooner rather than later, the, the A's are moving. It's just a matter of where. And I think if I was a betting man, they're probably going to move to Las Vegas. But there's room for expansion in baseball and I'm excited to see which markets they tap into. I believe Vegas automatically be one, but it seems like it's about to be a bidding war based off of this news today. And if I was a bed man, I would say the bidding war is between three cities, Salt Lake city, Portland and Nashville for the, for one of these expansion franchises, or maybe two out of the three end up getting one and one gets left out in the code. Yeah. What do you think miles on this whole thing? Yeah, I agree with everything Gabe just said. I think the writing is on the wall. Uh, I think it's pretty clear what the, the athletics management is doing right now. Um, you just got to just got to go to a game and 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 watch. That's that's it. You just got to see. Um, which I which I also feel bad for the players as well because it's not like these guys are trying to go out there and then just blow it and start the season two and eight or two and nine or however they've started their year. These guys are competing. So I think it is important to, you know, put these guys in the best position possible. So, I, yeah, I agree. I think I think it comes down to those three cities. Um, I think we, we, we know where this is, where this is heading. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. You know, I know Rod Manfred talks about wanting to add two more teams. Um, so that's interesting. I'm hoping that he moves the two obvious teams first before. Uh, adding a couple of ball clubs to the MLB, so you know that's where that's where I'm at with it. I I, I really I really want to see you know the Athletics, you know, play in a stadium in which they're gonna they're gonna get the love they deserve. So you know I, I think I think the the baseball is gonna be it's already looking different every single year. Every single year we got something different. So you know I yeah yeah I can't say I'm surprised. I cannot say I'm surprised. So. Um, Let's see what happens. I, we all know that the athletics are not going to stick around for anymore. And, you know, with the Rays, much different of a scenario because because they're winning and they continue mm-hmm. to win no matter what the elements are of the stadium or whatever. Um, so I'm curious. I'm curious to see how, how, how these uh, different things change. And I feel yeah. for the oh. city of Oakland. Oh, my yeah, God. I, I feel for the city yeah. of Oakland. Imagine, they haven't been through enough. Man, like uh, imagine having – a championship dynasty like you had there leave for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then you have your beloved Raiders leave within that same area. Cause they were pretty much next door neighbors. They leave. And then your other next door neighbor in the A's is getting ready to pack up. And yeah. the writing was on the wall with them last year when they started giving up players such as Matt Chapman. And, you know, Santos and all those guys that were key cognizant in their runs in the AL West. I mean, man, that that's that's tough. I understand that they got a lot of things going on economically there that have to get resolved and fixed. But, man, like Oakland was one of the booming sports markets in the early 2000s. And even if you go back into the early 90s and the 80s with the Tony La Russa led A's and the Bash brothers and Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and to see what's happened, man, that, that's, that's sad. Cause those fans, when they really are winning, they love that team and they, they love all their teams out there. 
Yeah, and it, and you, you say yeah. that too, and it, it's completely different from the Tampa side. And you, and Miles is right that obviously it's it's one of those things where it's easier to keep a team somewhere when they're winning, especially like Tampa Bay. But there's no fan base there. Like it just really there really isn't. Like they're just there's you know, uh, and, and in Oakland there there's real fans like that go out. You know, it's just it's just the stadium's not very inviting. You know, and it, that's just the way it yeah. is. Like for there for the and and it, you wish that they could just build a new stadium and have that save them. But even then, I don't think, especially right now with Oakland, I don't think that at this point it's going to save them. So, uh, but ho- hey, you never know. And, and this stuff takes time. So uh, hopefully some positive stuff happens with those teams to where, you know, at least one of them, get, you know, gets a stay. But, uh, you know, and and also besides like Nashville and um, and Salt Lake City, they haven't talked about Montreal having another having a team. So, because that'd be cool. I think that's possible. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. very possible because when mm-hmm. you bring up the Rays, the Rays have actually been flirt with Montreal. Yeah, I, know, I think yeah. at one point in time they were thinking about moving some of their home games yeah, to Montreal. Yeah. So, so weird. And, and and it's a beautiful city. I don't understand mm-hmm. why the Expos were never able to work there, but then again, they were never willing to build a new stadium. Yeah, and I think that's where the talk stalled, and as a result, you saw Montreal end up in Washington, and it's hard to believe that's been almost twenty years ago, man. It's hard for me. It makes me feel old because I was 12 years old when that happened. And I, I remember it vividly because the Expos were playing their games in Puerto Rico. That's crazy. Towards the back end. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, I, I hope I hope so because when they've played games in Montreal or they've showed the crowds in Montreal, that you could tell they love baseball there. And a lot, you know, it's it's it, and for some people that have never seen that before, they might not believe it. they'd be like, Montreal, Canada, hockey? Nah, dude, like you had to see some of these crowds. And 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 not only that, but I can only imagine like some Jays in Montreal game, like some Toronto uh, Blue Jays games, like you know in Montreal games if they you know end up coming back and they play that, I think that'd be badass. So uh, hopefully that something like that happens. But I think that's a good place to wrap up uh, episode forty six of the Abad Podcast. I want to thank Miles Porter for coming on. I want to thank Gabe Wilkins. Of course, you can watch Gabe Wilkins uh, talk about all the NBA playoff stuff on Open Run. Uh, as well, you know, there's so many games coming up with the playing round, you know, and all that. So, hope, hopefully, everyone is enjoying that. So, for Saul Rodriguez, Gabe Wilkins, Miles Porter for Ad Bad Podcast, we'll see you next week. <laughs>